Okay, y'all, buckle up because today's episode is so, so good. I have the one and only Keisha Get Mary. If you do not know this woman yet, you are going to fall in love with her. And she is just such a light and such a ball of energy and I love her to death and so let's dive into her bio all right Keisha is a life enthusiast wife mom-to-be multi-passionate entrepreneur speaker podcaster event host and also invests in real estate with her husband Sina her podcast empower her is one of the top rated personal growth podcasts with over 9 million downloads and an engaged community of women who connect with Keisha's high vibe energy transparency and come with me let's figure it out together approach to life and business Keisha is obsessed with curating spaces for women to connect in person through live events, retreats, and even building out properties like her Airbnbs in Denver, so cute, designed for girls' trips, bachelorettes, and retreats. She's also super passionate about helping women get their voices out into the world and has helped hundreds of women launch and grow their own podcast through her programs. She believes our days are numbered here and we don't know the count, so she's on a mission to help women build lives that they are obsessed with. Y'all, if you've listened to like any of my episodes before, you know that that resonates so deeply with me and just living life for yourself and living life in the moment. So enjoy this episode, it is so filled with so many gold nuggets. And I do want to give a quick heads up. The audio is not perfect on this. I don't know what the hell happened with my Zoom, but there's some like weird crackling stuff throughout, but you can, you still can get the messages and it is totally worth dealing with whatever audio mishaps we have to be able to hear what we go through in this conversation. I cannot emphasize how amazing and how transformative this will be for you. So take a listen, make sure to share on social. And if you do, please tag both me and Keisha and yeah, enjoy. Welcome to Human on the Daily, the podcast for anyone wanting to break free of any boxes or expectations and embrace their full authentic self. I am Dr. Megan Daly, and I have been there. I've overcome so much trauma, dealt with so many stressors like competing in high-level athletics, rigorous academics, getting my doctor in physical therapy, and I did what I should do, right? I climbed the corporate healthcare ladder. And when that didn't make me feel fulfilled, I branched out and opened up my own cash clinic and built it to six figures in the second year. Yet I still felt like something was off when I looked in the mirror, and maybe you can relate. So I scaled back and really dove into the questions of who am I really, and what is it that I am meant to do? So together in this podcast, we are going to dive into all the tips, tools, and experiences for you to answer those same questions for yourself so you can live your best, most joyful, and fulfilled life. Because if you're not doing that, then what the fuck are you really doing? So let's fucking go. Welcome back to another episode of Human on the Daily. I am so stoked for today's guest. So Keisha, I first, I didn't even know about you prior to your event that I went to last year. Yeah. Like legitimately a friend of mine was like, hey, there's this really cool event. It's going down in Phoenix. Do you want to go with me? And she knows I'm anything that like women's networking empowerment. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'll go. And lo and behold, this like ball of energy, like soul Enneagram seven twin, like jumps on stage. And I was like, I don't know who this is, but like, I, <laughs> I actually found someone that matches like my energizer bunny energy, like what is happening right now? Um, so yeah, uh, for those on the show who have, are like, who is this chick? 
Yeah. Um, they just heard me give your bio, but give a little bit of background. It's like, who the hell is Keisha? Yeah. Um, well, I love that intro that you just gave in general, because I do feel like sometimes we meet people that were like, Ooh, there's something about you that I see in myself. And there's this, like the connection that happens. And so often I remember like growing up thinking like, I'm a lot, but I love being a lot, you know, (laughs) and I love being a lot. And I think sometimes when we show up as fully expressed versions of ourselves, we're giving people permission to do the same with whatever that looks like for them. Um, But I feel like a lot of your listeners will connect with my story and that I did the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do. And when I got there, I looked around and I was like, shit, (laughs) this is not what I want to be doing. (laughs) Um, For me, it was working in the corporate world. I had this very like visceral gut feeling that there was something that was more aligned for me outside of that space. But, you know, we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. And so many of my girlfriends, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, like all of them were like, Keisha, this is just what we do. Like you kind of follow the steps, you count down the days till Friday. Like this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you check work the boxes. Way up the- yep. Yeah, check the boxes. And I was like, maybe if that was aligned for me, but that I know this is wrong. And I couldn't articulate it with words back then. So I would just like ugly cry on the bathroom floor where my snot and my mascara would get together in my mouth and I would choke on my spit. And I was like, Oh, like what's wrong with me. And really it was just, I was in the wrong lane. So I started a business way back in 2014 in network marketing. And I really did it on the side, not necessarily to think that I was going to become an entrepreneur or that I was going to leave the corporate world, but because I wanted another stream of fulfillment. Like, where I yeah. could be a fully expressed version of myself. And then that really started to take off. So my last corporate job was at Google in 2015. Um, then I moved to New York City from Seattle. My husband went to dental school at NYU and I was building that business. And then that feeling came up again where I was like, this is no longer aligned. But it's the ultimate like good to great situation where, and a lot of women I'm sure can connect with this. And I'm sure you can too, where on paper things make sense. And I actually never had one of those like back against the wall stories of like, I had to make my business work or I, you know, overcame this like massive hardship or had tons of debt. So I was like, I just don't want this good life. Like I just want great. And I want to just yeah. keep going for that evolution of whatever that is for me. Um, so transitioned out of that, started a podcast, Empower Her, that turned into to podcasting programs and memberships and events and a speaking career and all these random things. But really the point of that is every time that I've had a feeling in my body, very viscerally, that's like, Keisha, this is not aligned for you anymore. I'm just really willing to pivot because our days are numbered here and we don't know the count. And I don't want to look back with could have, would have, should have. So I'm just constantly like pivoting, yeah. scrolling, as you would say, Megan, like <laughs> through life and building this life that I'm really freaking obsessed with. And it has hard times and good times as anyone does, but I feel really pumped to be here where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. I love that so much. And I resonate deeply. Like, so the listeners kind of know, I have a very, very similar story yeah. with go, like working as a doctor of physical therapy and corporate healthcare, and then opening up my own clinic. Cause well, that's what you do if you're unhappy with the corporate side of things and then hit six figures. And it was like, Ooh, that wasn't, no, that wasn't worth the amount of energy I had to put into it. And I'm kind of in the middle, like I'm at the beginning stages of that pivot now, but I love that you brought some transparency because I feel like we hear too many stories of people who do have the back against the wall. Yeah. Kind of. So that like, it's okay to want more, even if what you have already looks really good on paper. Like yes. I say it all the time, but I love that you just like doubled down on that permission. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, I mean, those stories of people that have crazy back against the wall stories and overcame massive. Yeah. Like the 50 K debt. Yeah. To, uh, six or like owner. those people like write, like have movies about those people. Like those are yeah. really inspirational stories and those stories are needed, but I felt like there's gotta be more women like me that feel like 
this is good, but looking around thinking like, this isn't it for me. Like, I know that there's more for me. And we have to have the stories of women that are like, you know what? I felt like my story wasn't inspiring, but I shared my story anyway. And guess what? A lot of people resonated with that, right? I I felt guilty for wanting more because I knew that I was in a better situation than some people and nobody talks about that. And I just truly do believe anyone listening into this. It's like, if you're gifted a vision on your heart, you are 100% also gifted the resourcefulness to make it happen, but you have to be willing to get out of your own way. And for me, that Mm -hmm. involves a lot of like, just knowing you're supposed to go chase this path, even though you don't know the hows, and even though maybe you are in a good situation, it's okay if you want great, like go get that and show people that's possible too. Yes, 100%. Like circling back to basically reiterating what you said is that idea of yeah, everything looks great on paper. It's good. And it's okay to want more and to strive for more. And you sometimes have to give up the good in order to go great. Mm -hmm. And there are like a lot of that is going to be breaking up with societal expectations, uh, breaking up with maybe family expectations, all these shoulds, all these, I would love to know you kind of touched on it. Yeah. Also total side note, not entirely total side note, but like the Enneagram seven, I feel like one of our superpowers is like being like, being able to see that we want something different and just being like, I don't know, let's fuck around and find out what, what, what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> That For is definitely sure. like an Enneagram 7 thing. Um, it's like comfortability with risk too, because it feels yeah. riskier to stay in something that you already know isn't aligned. We almost and- get too excited to really care about the risk. Right. Yeah. It's just like, you're just com- like, it's okay. I'm excited. I'm just going to go for it. And I just believe that I can pivot or reframe it if it doesn't yeah. work out. <laughs> I think the hardest part, honestly, is because you get so excited about so many things and figuring yep. out like, where do I go? Where do I actually keep putting my energy in? But so those like the limiting beliefs or the expectations, what were some of like the biggest ones that you had to like face head on? And how did you get through those? Yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of people get blocked from the going from good to great. So for me, once I have a vision, I can absolutely just go after it because I don't get caught up. I look at the space between where I am now and where I want to go. And I recognize that's my qualification period. Like I actually need that space Mm. so I can teach myself like the skills and I can build the coping mechanisms and build the confidence and the community and become the person who can handle that big vision. So like, even if I were to be like, Megan, this is the big thing that I want to do. I could tell you right now, and I would have no idea how, but I don't want that big vision vision yet keyword yet yeah because I just know I can't sustain it and I think sometimes because we live in this like instant gratification Amazon Prime culture where we're socialized to believe that if we get something more quickly it's better I actually believe I need that space to make sure that I've got everything that I need to support me so it doesn't I don't get there and it doesn't all spontaneously combust or that I don't like the person that I was in pursuit of it Or I don't like, I think one of the biggest failures we could have in life, honestly, is getting somewhere wherever there is for you, looking back at the path that you took towards getting there and feeling like it wasn't worth it because you didn't Mm. like who you were in the process or you didn't celebrate. And like, then what happens is like, if you get there, you're like, I don't want to keep going. And then not only are you robbing yourself of all of the fulfillment and joy and impact and income and all the beautiful things that you can get from chasing that next dream, but you're robbing everybody else who doesn't get a benefit as a byproduct of you going for that because you burned yourself out along the way. So yeah. 
I really had to just remind myself because I am such an energetic, like excited person like you are, where I think in the corporate world, I worked in like IT project management and IT recruiting. So like my personality, like I had to really like shove it into my pencil skirt because <laughs> I couldn't, like I literally, I couldn't be this fully expressed version of me. So I had to like snip the story in my head that was like, you have to be serious to be successful. Instead, I was like, no, you have to be yourself. Like the more yourself you are, the more you can crank up the volume on being yourself, the more other people are just going to resonate with that because they're going to see this permission slip with how you embody just going through life. Like your life is a testimony of what's possible for other people. So that was one. And then I think the biggest business block that I had was financial where Mm. like, you know, sometimes we adopt these beliefs and we don't even really recognize like where the hell did that belief even come from? I don't even actually believe it's true, but it's running like this narrative in my head. And for me, it was $250,000 a year was how much the VP that I reported to back when I was in the corporate world made. When I passed that in my business, I had so many blocks because of Mm. these narratives that I'd adopted from family of like making too much money is bad or like money is the root of all evil. Like maybe not those exact words, but it was this idea of like, well, I should want to help people. So I shouldn't want to make more money. What I actually believe is that money only amplifies who you already are. And it gives you more opportunity to give back and contribute and do things in the world that you want to do. But that was a huge block. And until I actually identified like, this is the belief, where did this come from? And was able to pinpoint, this is where this belief came from. Do I believe this to be true? Is it supportive and conducive towards getting me where I want to go? And I was like, F no, it's not, it's got to go. Right. Yeah. So then I would catch myself and actually one more that I feel like a lot of people will connect with that recently held me back and kept like popping up like a -a whack-a-mole thing is this fear of success that came from, which sounds kind of weird where I, I even knew like when I started helping podcasters with this program that I had helping women launch and grow their shows, it took off really quickly. And I was like, Oh, I'm onto something here. And I, I could like feel this resistance that I had that I didn't want to double down as much on being the girl that helps podcasters because I had this fear that it would get too big because I believed that I could do it. Not I believed it would fail. I believed that I could do it, but I had this fear of if it gets too big, then I won't get to be as myself. I won't have as much freedom Mm. and flexibility. What if I feel stuck? What if I want to change my mind? I don't want to feel limited. And what I really realized underneath that is I didn't know how to hire the right people to support me. Mm. Because when you do build a business, you have an opportunity to outsource things. Like as you start to make more income, you can outsource more things that aren't in your zone of genius. So I had to really like grapple with that. That it's like, wait, I'm not actually like, I want to make massive impact. Like I want to build this big business. What's the block there? And it was like, I was fearful that I would be doing it alone, that I wouldn't have hired the right people and that I would be overwhelmed and I wouldn't like my life. Right. So it's weird when you unpack it, you get to these very simple things where you're like, wait, that doesn't even make any sense, but you have to actually be willing to uncover that to get there. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a ton of people are going to resonate with honestly, all three of those, even if like, you don't need to be at a 250,000, like there isn't like everyone's going to have a different number for when Mm -hmm. that kind of money mindset. Cause I mean, I even had to battle it when I like had a six figure clinic. Yeah. Like even, even though that's like, is a hundred K that much to a lot of people? No, but it still was this underlying idea of mm-hmm. like a more money, more problems. Like how many of us know that rap song from going up, right. growing up? Like, but it's, it is a lot of, it's the mentality that a lot of us were brought up with that you can't mm-hmm. trust who you're around. If you have a lot of money and like all these other issues and you do have to 
dive underneath those. And then I know that there are so many people because I've talked to so many recently that really resonate with that, the, the stuffing everything into a pencil skirt. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so true. I mean, that we could do, like, you could do multiple podcast episodes just on the societal expectations of females in a professional workplace environment yeah. and how that has dimmed our light. I'm putting that in quotation marks, but yeah. it, it really is like you can't be your full, authentic self. And then, depending on how long you're in that space or that corporate world or how often you heard those messages, like, it's not like you just flip a switch and you can all of a sudden be yourself. Like, there's a lot of undoing that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. So, The biggest question that I have from all of that, as you're building, like, yes, you've built up this amazing business. You have an amazing team with you, but someone who is at their chapter one and just starting can't look at someone who's on their chapter 15 and do it the same. You, You kind of alluded to this earlier. Like you can't jump the gun and just fast forward to the big vision down the road because there are certain things like the journey is like that is the beautiful part of it, right? Like you don't yeah. just get to jump and kind of skip all of that. So if you, I'm curious, if you were to have to start all over today in 2023, how would that look? What advice would you give to someone who is at more of their chapter one? Mm-hmm. And what would you do the same? What would you do different? All the things. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think a lot of times when people are at a certain stage in their career or their podcasting journey or whatever, insert whatever they're talking about, they're starting to give you advice from exactly where they're at. And it's well-intentioned, but I think it's really unhelpful because I remember how it felt at the beginning where it really felt like I was pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was so overwhelmed. I was wearing every single hat in my business. I yep. couldn't afford to outsource things. I had no proof that I could look back on from my past and say, see, last time I did this thing, it worked out. So yeah, I and you were confidence. in 2014 too. So much proof did you have that this plan would even work? Like no, now literally you're that, you literally it, zero. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, it's really difficult. And I think we don't like emphasize it is so difficult at the beginning, but to be fully transparent with you, the reason why I feel so proud now. And the reason why I feel so much more confident now is because I know, cause I'm the only person I'm going to spend every single second with every single day, just as any of the listeners are that it's like, I know how many times I wanted to give up. And I know how hard it was for me. And I know how much I doubted myself. And I know how much I wasn't a fully expressed version of myself. And I know how much confidence I lacked that like, I wouldn't do it differently, literally because of the fact that this path got me here with the Mm. tools and the coping mechanisms and even the needs that popped up. Like I remember getting to this stage where I was like, I have to have more women that look like the direction of where I'm headed rather than just where I've been around me, or I am going to just drown here because, because like women, I don't feel like some people got it, like understood my vision. And as soon as I got myself in rooms and in communities with women that did like hear my vision, they're like, yes, girl, let's go take it to the next level. I felt so much more understood. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, but, but I needed to figure those things out along the way. And so my message to anyone, regardless of what stage that you're at, is that this season is massively serving you because we think that we set goals because we want to accomplish the goal. But what we really want is the feeling that we think we're going to have from accomplishing that goal. And I feel so proud of myself. And I have something that nobody can take away, which is this level of deep confidence and knowing that I'm worthy of this life that I'm building. But it, it didn't feel that way at the beginning. It felt that way yeah. because of and all you don't the build times. it without going through the muck exactly. that happens. Yeah. And we think we want it to be like rainbows, butterflies, happy little unicorns, six, seven figure businesses. But I'm like, I have never learned as much as it's fun when I feel like I'm crushing it. I've never <laughs> learned anything when I'm crushing it. You learn when you stumble yeah. something like you're like, this is going to be amazing. And then it totally flopped. And you're like, <laughs> shit, 
I got to get myself back up again. That's when you build that like grit and resilience and resourcefulness. And those are skills that you need as an entrepreneur. You can't build it if you get there more quickly. So to someone that's just starting, I would say you're going to have to trust your vision. I guess the only thing that I would do differently is I would get plugged into communities more quickly than I did because I really did struggle alone a lot and felt very like, just like people didn't get me or didn't really get my vision. Even my husband, huge supporter of me, best friend, like everything wanted to help. But like, he was going to dental school. while I was building this business that was like on social media. It was in 2014. So it wasn't as popular as it is now. And like, we were living these like really different lives in the same household that like he was supportive, but like he had to almost like see the proof, like from an analytical yeah. perspective. Like he supported, the, but he also didn't get it at the time. He didn't get it. Yeah. Like yeah. until like when, the, like when he could see the data to support it because his brain just works more that way, then he could yeah. believe in it. Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. I remember calling my dad when I wanted to leave Google because my side business was making more than my full-time income at Google. And he was like, Keisha, but what about like your 401k? What about your health insurance? I was like, what oh, if I, I just get that the- from my mom like last week? <laughs> I like, what if I get to the end of my life and I have regret or I have resentment yeah. because I lived somebody else's definition of success, not my own. I was like, that is so much worse than not figuring out my health insurance yep. yet dad I was like buckle up like what do you you know <laughs> let's go and now to this day I literally talked to him yesterday and told him about something cool that happened like in my business and he was like Keisha you could call me and tell me anything at this point and I'd be like I'm not surprised and I, but it took <laughs> it took nine years yeah him, even like, your loved ones me. need the proof Yes. Because it's not that they don't believe in you. However, like there are just, again, like we all have conditioning and expectations that have like created biases in us. And so when you're super pumped about something and you call somebody, like, like you said, I mean, in 2014, I don't know how many really women entrepreneur networking groups there were. Like it's definitely more prevalent now. And I love that it's prevalent now because there is something to be said for having the people around you who do get it. And you're more likely to have people around you that get it if they are in a similar like situation or a couple of steps ahead of you, whether it's in your field or a slightly different field, like that part doesn't really matter more so than just have they taken that's the same steps, the same leaps, really the same, like overcoming the unknown. Like if you have other women, I think particularly there's something about having other women instead of like just males that you can chat with. Cause there are like, there's just so many similarities, so much of the same, again, conditionings and expectations that we've had to deal with. And so you can kind of lean on each other when you're having those. I, I mean, I always love how you put them, the like crying on the bathroom floor and the mascara yeah. is going everywhere because we all have them. And mm-hmm. I think the, the networking groups that I'm talking about, there are multiple of them. Your event in your community is definitely one of them as well. Yeah. And like that kind of support and just being held when you do, when you have those hard times, it's not an, if it's a win. Yeah, you have for those. sure. Well, and, and I love also, which, sorry, go for go it. Ahead. No, no, yeah, go for well, it. Well, I was just thinking like, it's also really important to be around women that are going for it because of the fact that we are socialized and conditioned, especially as women to 
to play like smaller because we've got yeah. these underlying people pleasing tendencies of not wanting to like step on anyone's toes or offend anyone or like be a good girl or whatever. Right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. if I hear someone, I'll like stop them in the middle of their sentence. If they're like, well, I just have this little podcast. Right. Cause I help a lot mm. of podcasters. I'm like, you know how mine started zero downloads, just like yours is going yeah, to, right. We like, all start in the same place. Little, my little business. Oh, it's just this little passion project. I'm like, you're never going to hear a guy talk about it that way. You're just not because yeah. like we have to be around other women that are super unapologetic about saying, this is my vision. This is the direction that I'm headed. Like just to get used to and more comfortable with that language and realizing yep. it's not off-putting, it's inspiring. Yes. Yeah. We're definitely taught that message from, it's the like play small or like the other option is to be an absolute like asshole. Yeah. And it's just, there's not like, you can be confident and really state like, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm going for. And have it be a supportive thing versus being this like aggressive, assertive. Yeah. So the one thing that I love that you said, so you talked about having to build up the trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you, was it just reps or was there anything else that you really had to dig deep in order to build up the trust of your inner knowing? So I think confidence is like literally the most important thing that we can ever build for mm-hmm. ourselves. Because even right now at the time that we're recording this, I'm 28 weeks pregnant with our first baby moving into this season of like extreme unknown. Right. But I'm like realizing that it's my confidence and like my belief in my ability to figure things out. That's like, yes, I know this will be hard. Yes. This is unknown, but I believe that I can, I'm resourceful enough to figure it out. Like I'll get it. And I, when I look back, I'm like, how did I build up confidence? It's like every single day, I would think about like, what is my criteria for winning today, knowing that it's different in different seasons. And, you know, we often talk about comparison with ourselves and other people, but for me, I've actually struggled personally more with comparing myself to a prior version of myself when the circumstances were different. So I have to really look at like, how do I build up this, like trusting myself and this confidence and really this, like trusting my own intuition. It's like, if I look at each day as like, what do I need to do today to win the day? And if confidence is like a bucket, every single time that I show up and keep a promise to myself, although it sounds corny, it's literally like putting a deposit into your bucket, plot, 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 plot. And some seasons of life, that's like tiny little things. Some seasons when you're in like, like right now I'm in kind of like a six week sprint until our event. And then I'm basically going on maternity leave. So I'm just like in this season where I'm like, I'm doing a lot right now. So my confidence building activities are like chunk, 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 chunk. But what is that going to look like in a different season? Completely different than what my success criteria is for now. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're setting ourselves up to feel like we're making progress since as humans, we love progress and not being the one that's actually digging at our own confidence. Cause I'm sure tons of women listening into this can connect with this where we put our heads on our pillow at night and we're like, Oh, I didn't get anything done today. And then whatever we look for, we're going to find, and we start looking for all the ways that we feel like we're dropping the ball, all the stuff that we didn't get done. But it's like, if you're like creating your own success criteria of what are like the three main things that you're going to do today to move the needle forward, that makes sense in that season of life, Mm -hmm. then you're really just going to start to trust your own intuition and trust that you actually do have what it takes because you stacked up all these little micro wins along the way. And I think we make it more difficult than it needs to be. We set ourselves up with like, I'm going to have this five hour morning routine. I'm like, okay, good luck. Like you're not going to stay consistent with that. You know, like we make it so big because we think that we have to do all of these things, but like there have been seasons of my life where one in particular, when my husband's dad was in hospice before he passed, I remember telling myself, I am 
I have no idea how to support my husband going through losing a parent. Like it was the hardest thing ever. But I, I said in my own head, I'm like, okay, what does success look like for me today? And that seems like a weird thing to do when you're in a hospice. But it was to me then it was drink a hundred ounces of water. It was like walk outside for 10 minutes and listen to five minutes of a podcast in the car. And that was like what my criteria was during that season. And it yeah. actually did help me build confidence, even though it was nothing like what I was well, doing. That was like a little promise to yourself that you're able to keep. I mean, I've, I've said this so many times in my content where it's yeah. the more you can keep promises to yourself, even if it's just like making your to-do list doable for that day yes. and stop putting 20 freaking things on it yeah. or, and I love that you even brought up, there's like an underlying message that you didn't necessarily say, but you said is you get to define what success is for you. It's not your mom's version of success. It's not your best friends, it's not society's. It is your version. And it is okay for that to change from day to day and season to season. Yes. And so really getting clear on that helps you stay really aligned with where you want to be instead of, I feel like where a lot of people, women, especially get off is defining success based on someone else or based on yes. society. And then they're upset because they had things on their to-do list that aren't actually for them. Yeah. And then they break promises to themselves because they can't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. Or they do what they think they should do. Like yeah. I've had women come into my courses or ask about courses for podcasting. They're like, Keisha, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, oh, like what, why do you want to start a podcast? Like valid question. Yeah. Well, I feel like I should, I feel like it's what I should do next. Mm. And I'm like, do you listen to podcasts? Like, no, I don't even listen. To I'm like, well, why would you start a podcast? Because some <laughs> random person on social media, maybe even me said of why podcasting is so great. And you're deciding that because that person thinks that it's great, that it's going to be great for you when you don't even like the space like when yeah we stop and ask ourselves I mean you and I as like you want to spend hours on editing with <laughs> until you can delegate this for yeah. free because you don't monetize it early on like with Ooh, but luck. I mean, but how many people, uh, you and I are exceptions to this rule. Cause I feel as if we ask ourselves this question often, but how do we like, how do we forget that doing something literally because you love it or asking yourself, how can this be more fun? That is a very valuable business question to also yeah. ask, right? What's the ROI on my happiness from this? Yes. And I ask how, can it, that. how can it have more joy and how can it be easier? Yes. Like legitimately. I mean, I said it before we hit record when I was talking about just like the vibe of this podcast, like I want it to feel like you're walking around with your sister, just having like a soul sister chat. And when I first started, I asked myself, how can this be easier? And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to record this on voice notes while I walk around my neighborhood. If there's birds in the background, then there's birds in the background. Like yeah. I didn't, because otherwise other people were telling me I needed to make it this big thing and set up a studio and have the lights and have the, no. And that just applies to anything that you do. How can yeah. it be more joyful and how can it be easier for you? And make it, and just like make it fun while you're in it. Cause I also yeah. think there's a, this need in our culture to just stop along the way and celebrate the tiny little things, not because it's yeah, that we definitely don't do enough. We don't, but also it's like for people that are more analytical or like science-based and you're like, Oh, find the joy in the journey. That sounds like a fluffy Pinterest quote. No, I'm like, seriously. Do you want dopamine? Do you want dopamine? Because dopamine hits come from tiny celebrations and those tiny celebrations and all that dopamine hits, that's going to keep you going yeah. when you feel resistance. Or when Sally Sue 293 on Instagram is like, oh, your business is dumb or your aunt's like, that's never going to work. <laughs> and it feels like somebody smacks the side of your confidence bucket. And for yeah. sake of that analogy, some sloshes out, but it's like, come on. Like, yeah. Like Celebrate. for starters, like if you're actually in alignment and you're doing what you're meant to do and you're putting out like your truth on life, you're going to get haters. So like, that's going to happen uh -huh. and it's going to, it's 
have your confidence take a hit if you aren't pretty solid with keeping those promises to yourself, doing the, like you said, doing the little things that are going to build up your confidence and really being like, no, this is my joy. You don't get to take my joy. Yeah. Well, and Megan, I'm actually really glad that you said that because when I talk about podcasting, people are like, oh, millions of downloads. How did you get to this point? And I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to handle like full transparency. I would not be able to handle the amount of feedback that I get now, good and bad, if, mm-hmm. if it had happened more quickly, because I just wasn't yeah. confident enough. Cause you like a lot of times when we think about like a goal that we have, we think of the shiny sides of the goal of like, Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if my podcast was at this point or my business was at this point, or I spoke on this stage or insert, whatever the thing is that sounds mm-hmm. cool. And it's like, but can you handle, there's always a problem. Do you, do you want that problem? Right. Of like showing up, being consistent, all of that. Or like, do, have you given yourself enough reps so that you can actually build up the confidence so you can be the person who can still show up as yourself. And like, and now because I've had 500 plus episodes, it's like, I can deal with negative feedback and not give it too much weight, but I can also get positive feedback and not give it too much weight. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting part that people don't talk about. Like John Maxwell has a quote that says success to me is when the people that know me best love me most. And I love that. Because you also have to keep your ego in check as you're putting yourself out there that you're not letting opinions of strangers dictate how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Oh, 100%. Because I can think back. So, I mean, this podcast is relatively new. I started in May. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I have thought about doing it for years now. And even, like, I had my first, like, onstage speaking thing last year. And I wanted to do that, like, five years prior. But if I look back to the version of me five years ago... And if I had gone on stage and had like a few like really positive feedbacks, that would have boosted me up enough that the one which is going to happen, negative feedback would have completely deflated me and I might have given up. And I also think that circles back to what you said earlier about like meeting the the right people around you that you can talk about like, oh, I have this big idea. And they're like, hell yes, let's go. Because think about like if you're around a group of women who their first thing is going to like poke at the holes in your plan and you're just getting started, like, are you even going to start then? Yeah, so true. And sometimes it's like, like, it's this weird balance of like, you have to figure out how to give yourself skin in the game because it's really Mm -hmm. easy to give up if you're the only person who knows about your idea or like that big vision that you have. It's so easy to give up on yourself. So you have to figure out- I legitimately only hired a podcast coach so that I would have like a, hey, it's going to come out on May 26th. Like, where's your episode? Exactly, (laughs) like that accountability piece. It's Mm -hmm. so important where like you have that balance of, Like, I want to loop people in on this, but I also need to be aware of like, who am I telling this to? Because I'm curious, like, and anyone who's a podcaster, like is a curious person by nature, right? But it's like, I'm curious of other people's opinion and I'm genuinely like interested in people that think differently than me, but the weight of somebody's opinion is only like valid if they're living the life that I would actually want to be living or like the thing that they're giving me advice about. Like, I'm not going to take money advice from someone who doesn't have a financial like situation or like, I'm not gonna take marriage advice from someone who doesn't have a marriage that I want or take advice from someone of how to build a business with a baby who doesn't have a baby. Like, right. Yeah. And how often do you see people do that online all the time? Like I will fully admit, I sometimes go down the comment rabbit holes because it's just entertaining as all hell. And again, like I'm super curious about like where are people coming from what are they thinking and the number of times that I can watch someone put way too much weight in the opinion of someone who has a completely different life that I'd be willing to bet they don't actually even want yeah so I think that's such a good point yeah okay speaking of like emotions and the duality that comes with it a lot like 
super pumped for you. You're about to be a mom. And you posted something on Instagram, maybe like a week ago. I'm terrible with timelines. So anyways, (laughs) Um, but you've talked about, and I think this is such a good point to bring up the kind of that duality of like, I'm super excited and I want to be respectful of other people and it's okay for me to be excited. So I want to chat a little bit more about like the duality of emotions, because I'm sure this also came up, like this is more of a positive one. There's the flip side when, so I've lost my dad as well. And I'm sure Sina had dealt a little bit with like, as soon as you say anything, like that duality of like people's reactions. And then also I'm I'm sure he dealt with this too, because everyone I know that's lost a parent or had to go through a loss. Like when you're happy, like early on, when you're going through grief and you have happy moments, it's that you have to overcome a lot of like, is this okay? Mm -hmm. So similar, like there's the positive side of like the pregnancy, like, is it okay for me to be excited? Hell yes, it is for starters. And it's also perfectly okay to be happy when you're going through grief, like that duality of emotions. So I just want you to speak on that. Oh my gosh. So I've actually lost two friends at age 30. And so the fragility of life is like such a motivator for me. And so I actually am like really comfortable talking about stuff like this because it's a fuel source. And I remember when I lost my friend, Brittany from stage three ovarian cancer, um, she died at 30. And I remember the first day, like a couple of days after she passed and I was really excited about something. And exactly what you said, Megan is what came into my head where I was like, is this okay? And then I had to ask myself, like, what would she want? Would she be wanting Mm -hmm. me to feel like this sadness or would she want me to be excited and passionate about life because I'm here and she would love to be gifted the day that I'm gifted. And I had to like really figure out how to hold those emotions simultaneously. And so with grief, there's a whole like spew of those things, like watching Stina go through that and everything. But with the pregnancy thing, it's been interesting because my podcast and even like I have a text community has been shared to a lot of infertility communities. And I never was someone who struggled with infertility up to this point. Um, So I was ever talking about that because it wasn't my story, but I was very sensitive to how many people have told me your podcast helped me through this stage of infertility or this text message hit home with you. Yeah, like you care about your community, which anyone who follows any of your content can feel that. So yeah, I think that's totally valid and understandable. So I had that in my head. And I was also like, so, so grateful for like, even when we found out that we were pregnant where I was like, how do I share this excitement? Because I do feel like one of my gifts and one of your gifts too, Megan is like this, like utter enthusiasm and just gratitude for life that that needs to be shown. Like that light needs to be out in the world and everybody has different gifts. And that's one that I for sure have. So I was like, how do I show up as a fully expressed version of myself? Who is so damn excited. It physically like hurts. Cause I'm like so pumped and then <laughs> yeah. simultaneously deeply cares and understands like how difficult it is. Like I, right after we announced that we were pregnant, I went on Instagram stories and I was like, I just want to tell you, you can unfollow me. Like if you are right now watching, like you don't need my permission, do whatever the hell you want to do, but like full permission from me, unfollow me. If like, this is really hard for you to watch someone that is pregnant now, when that's something that you really want for yourself, like, it's okay. If you're not in a place like you have to do what's best for you. There's no, like, I have no hard feelings about that. Take care of yourself. Um, but it's been really interesting because I've thought a lot about it, but what I always default to is I want to be like proof of how, of what's possible for other people. So whether that is someone that is wanting to have this season of life or even someone that needs to see an example of like, I genuinely like love being pregnant and I'm having so much fun with this and I'm like growing a ton and I'm like really like leaning into it and sharing a lot about my journey. And I'm like, sometimes we just need to borrow belief from somebody else because 
I know there are women in my community that have the fear similar to what I did of how am I going to keep growing my business if I also want to mm. be a mom. There's or not can we a just lot talk of about the fact that like as a healthcare provider, like the stories that you, and the things that you have to learn about what's possible, like on the negative side of things. Like I remember my pelvic floor class in when I was getting my doctorate, all of the females, when we finished that course, just looked around at each other and we're like, we're, we're never, no, uh-uh, I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done. And of course, like a lot of us have come around, but yeah, like, yeah. I feel like there's all these different stories that we get like shoved in our face. And it, mm-hmm. it's a matter of like, if you really want, like, if that is a season that you want, like it is okay to be excited. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head of like, that joy and that excitement, like shine your light. And that includes whatever emotions and joy you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, so it's and you're not going to be, others. but it's also like this really deep, like I've always known this about my personality that I know that I'm not for everyone. And I, I'm never going to try to be, but in yeah. this season of life, I'm very aware that this season of life and me being me might not also be for even yeah. more people than I thought that it was, but it is so right for the people that need to hear you talk about whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. passionate about in a way that only you can do it with an experience that only you can have because they can borrow belief. If she can do this, then I can do it too. Yeah. And I've noticed like, I find myself even looking for that now too, where I'm like, I'm looking for content from people that I maybe didn't connect with in a prior season where I'm like, where are the, where are the moms talking about postpartum? Where are the people that have young kids yep. that are also building huge businesses? Where are they? I'm like, I'm trying to find all those people and listen mm-hmm. to their podcast, but I didn't, but in a season of life previously, like I had Jenna Kutcher on my show and like, I've always been a big fan of Jenna Kutcher, but I was like, girl, I needed you in like, I need you in this season, but I literally like, I need to go back to your content when your daughter was like firstborn. And I need to listen to that mm-hmm. stuff because that's the season that I need, you know? So yeah. we all have to share that. Yeah. No, I love that. One, the first thing that came to mind was like, I love that that's like that part of podcasting because you do have a resource to go and look at mm-hmm. year one or like that immediate postpartum stage versus like outside of podcasting, if they happen to write a book, great. But otherwise it's really tough to go back and like use it as a past resource. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also, the second thing that came to mind is it's just like anything in life, really. Like the more that you shine your light and talk, like speak your truth and whatever your truth is now, like it doesn't have to be the same truth that you had five years ago or 10 years ago or five years from now, but whatever your truth is today, the more that you shine that light and speak that, like you are going to impact people in the way that you are meant to. And that goes to like, there are going to be people who aren't for you. Great. Let them get out of the way so you can impact the people that are for you. And I think that is so powerful for people to know and understand. And release and like trust that like, cause the infertility thing was a big thing for me where I'm like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I want to be there for these people. But I was like, wait, that's not my story. Right. So so that that is not my story to share. There, there's going to be amazing people where like, it's my job. I feel like as a producer or as like an event creator, where I was like, yeah. I need to find someone who can connect with these women that are in this season of life. Cause that's my job to curate yeah. that space. And you that's can my share job someone else's on. content, but it's mm-hmm. this idea of like never letting someone else's like, don't put an assumption on someone else and let it affect how you show up. So, because you never know, like, is someone that's dealing with their infertility, like, are they actually looking to you as like, what's possible yep. or do they need to put you on mute or like, but by holding back just because, of, oh, I think they might react this way. Then you're putting an assumption on them, which yes. isn't fair to anybody involved. Yeah. Truth. And it just holds you back from all of the other people yeah. that need to hear you show up. I love that. 
Absolutely. Okay. Because you are on like the home stretch for your event. And I definitely want to have that link in the show notes. I'm going to try to put this out a little bit before. Um, I know it's in Denver this year, but just chat a little bit about like how that came to be, like why in person was the magic of in person, all that fun stuff. And then give us a little bit of information. Yeah. I love that. I'm just like, so happy to be connected with you. So I think for me, it's like, I kind of touched on this earlier where I had this like story of like being alone and really confused. And once I first started tapping into people's content on like podcasting in particular, it felt different to me because you know, with podcasting, it's like someone could be listening to us in the shower right now, or they're commuting. Like, I love how intimate it is. And it felt like so much more raw to me than even like social content or blogs or anything like that, or even books where I was like, I love this because I feel like I know that person. That was the first layer to me feeling more understood and seen and like validated with my vision. But what took it to the next level was the in-person aspect, like physically getting in rooms where I was like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Like, holy crap. And how much more fun and fulfilling it is to get to connect with people that are like-minded. And also I'm really big on immersing yourself in things. So like Empower Her Live is a three-day event in Denver because I'm like, get physically in there and get out of your Mm day-to-day life where like, if you're not excited and you're not passionate. Maybe this is a seven thing. Yeah. Like you (laughs) just like jump in and completely immerse yourself, like almost trial by fire. Yeah. And it's, and what's really interesting is I think it's really good for people to do that, that are really like, cause I'm not scared to go into in-person rooms and you probably aren't either, but I think it's really good for people that are terrified of doing something like that, because that's where the most massive, like the Delta is so big of getting Mm -hmm. yourself in the room. And I empower her live last year in Phoenix that you went to, you know, that was my first ever live event. And I I remember having women stand up that were, that was their first event that they had been to. And it was like half of the room. Oh yeah. It was a lot never been to an event before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, which is why their minds were so freaking blown. Cause I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. And I just think it's really powerful. So well, and can we speak to the fact that you crushed your first event? Like I've been to multiple before and I was like, oh wait, wait, this is her first one. Like, holy so crap. wild. <laughs> it was so wild. Like when Jamie Kern Lima, the founder of it cosmetics was like, Kesh, I want to be part of your event and surprise people. As, as like, soon as you started talking, like right before, and you're like, there's a surprise. I was like, this person she's going to be in the room. Like, where is she? I mean, (laughs) can you imagine Megan? Cause like also just on that real quick for anyone listening into this, please call your shot on things that feel like they're crazy because I actually reached out. So for people that don't know, listening in Jamie Krenlima founded it cosmetics. She sold it for $1.2 billion to L'Oreal. Please go listen to her story. It's amazing. Oh my God. It's amazing. First female CEO in L'Oreal history. But why I really love her is she's like a real champion for women. And I had her in my podcast, fell in love with her. She wrote this book called Believe It. I reached out to her team because I was like, what's the worst that can happen? You ask and they say no. I reached out to her team. We'd been connected on social media and like talked randomly, but like not like we had each other's numbers or anything. And I asked if they would be willing to donate 500 books for swag bags. I'm like, I have no idea if they're going to say yes. Her assistant, Sarah, calls me and was like, hey, Keisha, this is the idea. Jamie wants to fly and she wants to surprise your audience, blah, 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 blah. This was like four weeks before the event (laughs) that she said this. And I was like, Oh my, I was, and luckily my husband was there. He was like filming it. I'm like crying so hard. I can't even handle it. She's my favorite entrepreneur. I was like, what in the world? I, what if I wouldn't have asked about the books? I don't know if this yeah, would have right? happened. I literally so, live by that, by the way, the whole like, well, the worst that happens is they say no, which means I'm in the same yeah. situation I am now. So sure. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> like it's, and I think it's that simple where like, we yeah. just need to remind ourselves of that, of like, call your freaking shot. 
like just mm-hmm. ask about it or like put it out to the universe that vibration like reverbs and now I'm like there are things that happen that I've said like even things recently like this week that have happened where I'm like how did this happen I'm like oh I just <laughs> said that it was gonna happen and it's not that simple that like you could just call your shot and not back it up with action but it is like you've got to be willing to be brave enough to call your shot and sometimes put some like skin in the game. Cause doing my first event, I wrote the biggest check I've ever written in my entire life and had no idea if I could actually sell 500 tickets. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is how much like it's going to cost. I wrote a check for the hotel and I was like, I have no idea. But what I love is I'm going to become the person who can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't have the story that I can go back of like, this is my 10th time doing this event. First, it started with 20 and then it was 25 and then it was 40. And I'm not saying don't be afraid to start small, but I didn't have any proof because I had never done an event. Yeah. Right. For anyone listening, there's definitely something to be said for like 100%, like shoot your shot and then build that undeniable belief in yourself Yes, and throw it down. Like you said, put the skin in the game of like, Hey, if you feel so called to something that you're like, it feels real to me, then what do you need to do to make it happen? Like, where do you need to put some accountability on your plate so that you get there? Yeah preach. I mean, that's, that's how I feel like I've been able to like make progress is I'm like, well, not the person that can do this yet. Here's my check. And I feel like I'm going to poop my pants, but here we go. So yeah. anyways, it's, yeah. It's the trial by fire, like throw something <laughs> down and then like, well, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. Cause so, like, I kind of have to. Exactly. So you and Actually, I, I, at the, <laughs> I love that. Literally. So, I just like got on the lift to like the highest one. I was like, I have to get down this mountain. And some people listening in are right, right now are like, what in the world? Um, and I love that because that's so me too. But yeah, so I did, we did our first event in Phoenix this year. We're doing one in Denver, September 22nd through the 24th. Our lineup is insane. It's so Dude, cool it's so to see so many epic speakers, but also like lots of opportunities for people to connect in the room, which is what's most important. Um, and I'm going to be 34 weeks pregnant. So I'm going to be large and in charge. And Probably still dancing on stage. Oh, for sure. I'm going to be twerking. I'm going to twerk. I don't know how, but it'll (laughs) happen. And I just want to say one thing to anyone listening into this, that like, I remember thinking, why do I never see pregnant women on stages? I go to tons of events. I speak at a ton of events. I'm like, I've never seen outside of Ali Wong with her Netflix special. I'm like, I've never seen a pregnant woman on a stage. Okay. And Rihanna with her Super Bowl thing. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's very recent. So like when yeah. you were actually creating this and like scheduled this, never this. seen that. Like, and I, and I talked with my husband about, about it. I was like, let's count back the weeks that if we did get pregnant, I could still like do this event and not go into labor on stage. I was like, and then we'll kind of like try around that time frame. <laughs> Because sometimes if something's not being represented the way you think it should, and it's bugging you, like it started to really bug me. I was like, mm. are, why are, why do I never see pregnant women? I was like, I, don't, I actually don't know the solution to that. But when you really think about it, how many events you've been to, when do you see pregnant keynote speakers? One, and it's recent. You know, Bridget Malley. Yeah, exactly. It's like, other than that, that's it. And yep. so- Anyways, when it's not being represented the way you think it should, and it's bugging you, I believe you're supposed to be the representation. So I was like, 100%. I got to do this really freaking pregnant. And here we go. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really alive. important to repeat for anyone who's listening is that idea of if something is on your heart to the point where it's bugging you that it isn't done how you think it should, or you would want to do it, then that is probably the universe telling you that that is your responsibility, that you were supposed to be the one doing it. And that, and if if you can just believe, and if you don't believe this yet, just borrow belief from us that it's like, you were gifted this vision because you were also gifted the resourcefulness to make it happen. I just don't think you're gifted a vision without resourcefulness. You're not gifted everything that you need because you don't mm-hmm. know what you need yet, but you are gifted the resourcefulness. And so I'm like, 
it's going to happen, you know? And so there's yeah. a little bit of like fear with it's that. It's just following like, like the next little breadcrumb, like that yes. next little whisper in your gut and knowing and trusting that the pieces will, like that's literally been like the phase of my life that I've been in is learning how to overcome the unknown and just mm-hmm. trust the next little thing and trust that it's going to fall into place. And I don't need to know how that's going to happen yet. Preach. So good. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So if people are interested in coming at September 22nd through the 24th in Denver, <laughs> it be hundreds of women. You can go to empower her live 2023.com. Perfect. And I will make sure that that is in the show notes. And I dude, I feel like we could just like chat for hours <laughs> and just keep going. Like I still, I have this entire list of like bullet points. So like, Oh, we can talk about it. I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Before we wrap up, there is yeah. one question that everyone gets. And so this show is all about breaking out of the expectations of others and leaning into your authenticity. And I feel like there's always so many sides of us as humans that like really only the people closest to us maybe get to see. So what is something about you or some trait, like whatever, what is one part of your humanness that isn't really like shown or seen online? And I also understand that this might be a little bit harder for you because I feel like you're just like me and you're just like, here I am. <laughs> but Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like what, I've done over the years is instead of putting the pressure on myself, like a light switch to be like, I'm going to be authentic. And then like, I'm just going to be myself. I've had it like a dimmer switch. So I've been doing this for a long time where I feel like I am a pretty fully expressed version of me online. Like, I think people would probably know that I'm pretty weird and like all over the place, (laughs) but I also have this side of me that like can really focus and get shit done that I feel as if sometimes isn't shown because of this Enneagram seven nature. It's this dichotomy. Oh, we totally get pinned as like the lighty, like fluffy or whatever. Um, where it's like, I feel like I'm an ant and I'm sure you can connect to this too, Megan, where it's like, I am super light and go with the flow and adventurous and high vibe and like quirky. But I also am like, don't F with me because I know my shit. So I'm living yes. those two things at the same time. I feel like I showcase that a lot, but it's like, it's a real thing for me is like, I get frustrated when I feel like I'm not taken seriously, but I also don't want to be serious. Right. Yeah. So like, it's that's think- very much like, I see that on like every Enneagram seven meme of like, yep. we want you to know that we actually are serious yep. and that we can like really focus. That's actually also an ADHD thing is being able to hyper-focus and like really dive deep on like mm-hmm. one thing. But, yeah. and then there's the fact that like, so we're actually exactly the same Enneagram. Cause I did a ses- session with Tracy and she was like, oh, you're the exact same as Keisha. You're a self-preservation seven, four, eight, like yeah. literally the exact same one. And I was like, this makes so much sense. Why I was like <laughs> her, her energy. I like it. <laughs> Cause you, and you can feel when it's real too. Is yeah. Where like, I think all of us, like we have these, like, I love that you ask everyone that question too, because it's like, what am I holding back? It makes you think like, what am I holding back? And I feel really proud of myself that I can answer that question saying like, I actually really don't feel like I'm holding back a part Mm. of my personality in fear of, will these people like it or not? But instead I'm like, I'm just going to be myself and trust that the right people are going to gravitate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a fun question to ask too, because I get everything from like really serious answers to like, well, I like peanut butter with like, just some like weird food combination. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Because that's something that like maybe your husband would know, but like no one else. Yeah, So. so true. I love it. Oh my gosh. Keisha, thank you so much. Everyone definitely go check her out. I'll put all the links in the show notes. September 21st to 24th is going to be her event in Denver. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, chat next time. Thanks y'all. Thank you, Megan. High five for taking some time out of your day 
for yourself to listen to this episode. It is my hope that it makes you feel more seen and heard and understood because we are all human and being human is messy and imperfect and beautiful and you are beautiful. So if this resonated, it would mean the world to me if you shared it on social along with your biggest takeaway and then tag me at move on the daily and hum- at human dot on the daily. Thank you so much and see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.